Good morning. Welcome to Flat Springs Baptist Church. It's so good to see everyone here this morning. Uh, if you're visiting with us for the first time, we want to say a special welcome to you. We're glad that you're here. Uh, we do have visitors cards in the pew. If you'll just take one and fill it out, you'll drop it in the offering plate as it comes by. Uh, a few announcements to call your attention to this morning. Um, we do have our Experiencing God sign-up sheet out in the atrium. Uh, this will be a 12-week study beginning Sunday, February the 9th. Um, it will run from 3.30 to 5. And then uh, the cost of the book is $15. Um, so you'll turn that into the office. But we would love for our whole church family to participate in this study. Um, we're going to be running a youth study at the same time um, as the adult study. And so we would just love for everyone to get involved and participate in this study with us. Uh, we hope you'll join us this Tuesday for our Lessons and Carols service. It will be in here in the sanctuary at 6. And then afterwards, everyone uh, is invited to join us for dinner um, at King Chinese Buffet. That is in the same shopping center um, as Walmart. And so everyone is welcome to come and, and participate in that meal as well afterwards if, if you would like to. And then please also don't forget we have an outreach opportunity this Saturday. Uh, the outreach committee is sponsoring a meal at Bread of Life. And so there's several different ways you can get involved with that opportunity. Um, you can come here and prepare food. You can go to Bread of Life and serve or deliver meals. Um, you can also clean up here in the kitchen. And then also they're still in need of donations, I do believe. Um, so if you want to participate in that opportunity, go ahead and look in the bulletin and it gives you a detailed um, list of how you can get involved. But we would love to have you participate with us this Saturday. Also, um, please don't forget we have our responsive reading again today. Uh, so you'll find that in your bulletin. So just have that handy so that after the choir sings their anthem of the Father's love, um, I'll come up and then we will do that responsive reading together. A few prayer requests to bring to your attention this morning as well. Uh, we do want to lift up the Gross family. Uh, Betty Lucille Harrison Gross passed away this past Thursday. Uh, Miss Lucille was the grandmother of Cassidy Gross, who is a member of our youth group. The funeral for Miss Lucille will be this afternoon at Morris Chapel United Methodist Church. And then also we want to be praying for Carly Witt in the passing of her grandfather, Ernest Michael Reidenhauer, who passed away this past Wednesday. His funeral service will be tomorrow at Lemon Springs Baptist Church. So if you would, please just keep both of them in your prayers and their family at this time. Would you go to God in prayer with me now? Heavenly Father, we come to you in this sacred space today. And we're preparing our hearts to celebrate this fourth Sunday in Advent. Today we think about love and how you showed your love for us by sending your son. God, as we get ready to celebrate in just a few short days with our family and friends, please help us not to forget about the love that we find in Jesus and help us to share that love with others. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.
During Advent, we wait for the one promised in Scripture, and he will be called the Prince of Peace. We wait for the one who can turn discord into perfect harmony, and he will be called the Prince of Peace. We wait for the one who can replace hate with love and anger with understanding, and he will be called the Prince of Peace. We wait for the one who can replace division with unity and war with peace. And he will be called the Prince of Peace. Today we light four candles. The first reminds us of our hope in knowing Jesus as our wonderful counselor. The second helps us celebrate the fact that our mighty God loves us. The third candle helps us share the joy of being a child of the everlasting Father. Now we light the fourth candle to remind us that Jesus came to earth as the Prince of Peace. In a world filled with conflict and discord, we pray for harmony and unity as we work towards claiming the promise of peace on earth. Let us pray. Gracious Lord, we thank you for your promises and for coming to earth to be the Prince of Peace. As we continue the Advent journey, grant us the peace that comes from trusting in your grace and relying on your promises. Help us spread this peace through all the things we say and all the things we do. We pray this in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's continue singing by singing the carol, I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day. Let's stand as we sing, please.
us pray. Our most gracious Heavenly Father, thank you for this day to come into your house, hear your word, celebrate the birth of your Son and our Savior, Jesus. Father, we ask that you might be with those that are sick and unable to attend today and be with the caregivers. Now we ask, Father, that you might bless these tithes, these offerings, so that we might use them to further your kingdom. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
first verse of these next four carols, starting with the first Noel. Well, good morning. How are y'all? You good? You sure? Okay. Um, okay, I brought a book with me this morning that I want to, to finish out, and it's going to tell us a story, okay, that's really important, so I want you to listen. A long, long time ago, so long that it's hard to imagine, God promised a new king. 
He wasn't any ordinary king like the ones we see on TV or in books. He would be different. He would be a new king, a rescuing king, a forever king. And do you know what? One precious night, God kept his Christmas promise. Would you like to know what he did? Would you like to know? Yeah? Okay. The Christmas story starts with an angel. Whoosh. He came from God to see Mary. The angel had a special, special message. Mary, you're going to have a baby. He will be a special baby. God promises that your baby is going to be king, not for a little while, but forever and ever. He will be the forever king. Mary was going to marry Joseph, so God sent another angel. Whoosh. He came to see Joseph. The angel had a special message. Mary is going to have a very special baby, the angel said to Joseph. Her baby is going to be king and will rescue his people. He will be a rescuing king. God had promised that his new king would be born in a little city called Bethlehem. And that's where Mary and Joseph went. But Bethlehem was very busy with lots and lots of people. So when the baby was born, he had to sleep in a manger instead of a bed. All the other mangers in Bethlehem held food for hungry animals to munch. But this manger held a tiny baby. He was God's special new king. The shepherds in the field had such surprise. It was quiet and dark, and the sheep were snoozing when, whoosh, an angel popped into the sky. Now the sky was bright, and the shepherds were so, so scared. But the angel had a special message for them. Don't be afraid. Wonderful, new, wonderful good news for you, the angel said. God's chosen king has been born tonight. He is going to rescue his people, just as God promised. He will be the rescuing king. Then lots and lots of other excited angels joined to celebrate. The shepherds were really excited. They went rushing to see the new king, and there he was, lying in a manger, just as the angel said. But they weren't the only ones who had heard the good news about the promised new king. Some wise men living far, far away had also been sent a message. It was quiet and dark, and they were watching the stars when, whoosh, a new angel popped into the sky. The star, a new star popped into the sky. Sorry, not an angel. The star had a special message. The wise men knew what it meant. A very special king had been born, the king for all God's people, this child was the promised new king. The wise men were so excited they, that they went on a long journey to see the new king. And there he was, just as the star had shown. Everything God promised came true. There are lots and lots of different kings in the world, but God sent the greatest king of all. He sent a new king, a rescuing king, a forever king. And do you know what this king's name is? Do you know his name? Jesus. Jesus. That's right. So in just a few short days, we're going to celebrate the birth of baby Jesus, right? That's why we celebrate Christmas. And I want you to remember what we just read here, that Jesus is the king of all kings. And he came to rescue us. He came to save us. And we love him because of that.
Can we say a prayer together? Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for these children that are here this morning. God, I thank you that we are excited that we get to celebrate your birth, your son's birth in just a few short days. God, I just pray that you would help us to remember why we celebrate and to be excited and to share that excitement with all of our family and friends. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Go to sleep, my son. Baby, close your eyes. Soon enough you'll save the day, but for now, dear child of mine. 
song. Good morning. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, we have gathered in this place, a place that many of us have gathered often. We've given you this Sunday morning as a gift of our love. We have come because you are worthy, because you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We come because you have saved us. We come because you have given us hope and joy and love and peace. We come because Christmas is not just a day on the calendar, but it is the day that you, our God, put on flesh and came and dwelt among us. We come because today you have promised that you inhabit the praise of your people. We have come today because you've said, Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. We come because there are so many challenges in this world, in our community, in our family, and in our lives. We come. Because, oh God, should we find ourselves in your full presence, we, like Moses, would begin to shine. We come because you have promised us that where two or three are gathered in your name, you are in our midst. We come because we pray, oh God, fall fresh. On us. We come in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. In his name we pray. Amen.
I get excited when we start singing about God's holiness. Thank you, choir. Open with me in your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 9. We'll begin to read in verse 6, and we'll read verses 6 and 7. If you're able, let me ask you to stand as a way of honoring the reading of this portion of God's Word. And the prophet said, For unto us a child is born, and to us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there shall be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. May God add his blessing to the reading of his holy word. Pray with me. God... Would you change Flat Springs Baptist Church today forever? Would today be a day when we could say, I remember when it started. Would today, oh God, be a day when your spirit breaks through in such a powerful way that we almost float out of this sanctuary today saying it was good to be in the house of the Lord. Would there be one of us here today who might be willing to say, Lord, begin that in me. Begin that historical changing moment in me. Would your spirit fall fresh on us? We, may we feel the excitement of the shepherds and the drive of the wise men to come and see the Christ. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Lest I forget it, I've been handed an announcement. If you'd like to pick up your poinsettia today, please take it from the atrium, or you can pick them up after the Christmas Eve service. And uh, so as you're on your way to get your cards from the little kitchen, there you go. Simple titles, a wise or wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. And I, I couldn't help as we sang that hymn, and I'm glad we sang the whole hymn, that whole story of the bells. I think it was the third verse that made that powerful statement that I think gives us all a reality check because hate is strong 
and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill toward men. I'm going to stand here and tell you that that baby that Mary held in her arms that Ben sang about a few moments ago was as our choir reminded us, holy God. And he came to bring peace and bring it, he did. Now, when I looked at the definitions of peace, I found five. A state of security or order within a community provided for by law or custom. Freedom from disquieting or oppressive thoughts or emotions. Harmony in personal relations. A state or period of mutual concord between governments. That's the one we never see. A pact or arrangement to end hostilities between those who've been at war or in a state of enmity. Or a greeting of farewell. I came up in the 60s when we greeted one another with peace, man, peace. So I ask us today, where do we need peace? I'm sure there's someone here today who needs inner peace. On the outside, you look calm. And you look like you've got it all together. But inside, it's raging. I have dealt with the aftermaths of suicide. And heard those conversations. I never knew. Where do you need peace today? In your life situation? Have you reached that place where you're looking back or forward and saying, not what I thought? You need peace at school or at work. Is there a problem with someone or some group of people? Do we need peace in our community? Does there need to be peace in our homes? Today, let's allow the Prince of Peace to bring us to where we need to be, that we might find that peace. I love the way Luke tells us in the beginning of that story when the shepherds were out keeping watch over their flocks and the angel of the Lord appeared to them, found in Luke's gospel, the second chapter, and the angel said, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be that sign for you. You'll find that babe wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And then I love the chorus from heaven when it said, and suddenly there was with the angel, a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, listen to what they said, glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, 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 the prince of peace, among those with whom he is pleased. 
I want to give you a solid truth just to start with today. Today I want Jesus to teach us, Jesus the man, to teach us what Jesus the baby that we'll celebrate this Wednesday came to do. The first thing he came to do, the greatest thing he came to do was to give us peace from sin. You didn't hear me. Let me say that again. He came today to bring us peace from sin. We have sanitized and packaged sin in such a way that it no longer seems to be a problem. Our culture has told us that the book that we claim to be God's word is just one of the books that reveals some of the things that some of the people think some of the time about God. And I'm going to stand here today and tell you that there is one written word from God and it is our Holy Bible. And it is the Bible upon which we should base our life. And that sounds so simple and you probably, if you were a little more loose, might have all said amen right then. You, you would agree with that statement that yes, the Bible is the book upon which we should base our life. And so I ask the question, is it? Is it? Is that the basis for our life? Is there a sin problem in our life? I love what Jesus does in Mark chapter 2. It's also found in Matthew chapter 4. Not as dramatically as Mark chapter 2 tells us. So let's, let me just read it for you from Mark chapter 2. It's a story when Jesus has come to Capernaum. Uh, and it was reported that he was at home. And many were gathered together so that there was no room, not even at the door. And he was preaching the word to them. And they came and they brought a man who'd been paralyzed. And four men brought him. And in verse 4 it says, And when they could not get near him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above and they made an opening and they let down the bed on which the paralytic lie. And when Jesus saw their faith, I've read that a hundred times and I hadn't seen it till I read it this week. And when Jesus saw their faith, you didn't hear that, did you? Let me read it again. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. I was doing some reading this week and this story was in the reading that I was doing. And I began to recognize a reality. That author helped me see it. That man didn't go to get his sins forgiven. That wasn't what he intended at all. Maybe today you didn't come to church to have your sins dealt with. Maybe that was the last of your desires. Maybe you thought, well, this is going to be Christmassy. This will be fun. We'll sing those carols that always make us feel better. Join us this Tuesday when we sing them again and tell the Christmas story from God's Word. Maybe you didn't think today that if you really wanted to have peace in your heart, You'd find it when you deal with your sin. 
Your sins are forgiven. That's what Jesus said. And immediately there were those there who, who when they heard him say these things, some of the scribes questioning in their hearts, why does this man speak like this? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sin but God alone? They didn't know who was in the room. Do we know who's in this room right now where two or three are gathered together in my name? There I am. And immediately Jesus, perceiving in their spirit what they were questioning, he says, why do you question the thing in your heart? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, rise, take up your bed and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth and to forgive sin, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed and go home. And he rose and immediately picked up his bed and he went out from before them all. And they were all amazed and they glorified God saying, we've never seen anything like this. <laughs> Friends, I want to tell you, until you deal with your sins in an honest way between you and God, you'll never see anything like what God can do in your life. In this moment in Jesus, in, in Jesus' ministry, this one that we're going to celebrate his birth this Wednesday, he makes the powerful connection that faces so many. You see, his friends thought they knew what he needed. You may have come today, I may have come today thinking we knew what we needed. We needed to gather with this group of people that we love so dearly. We needed to gather in this place that we've gathered so often. But did we really think today we needed to come face to face with a holy God and say, God, forgive me, I have sinned against you. Because if you want to have peace, real peace, Peace that transforms, peace that changes, peace that allows you to go to bed and lay your head down at night. And the last thing you say before you go to sleep is, it is well with my soul. Then you've got to come to grips with the sin issue. You see, this man, they... The, the friends, they, they thought they knew. They worked hard to get him to where he needed to be. You're where you need to be today, praise God. You're right in the right place. We think we know, but we don't know. I, I've been hearing a chant lately and all the racial issues that have risen up in the last couple of years. And now that chant comes, no justice, no peace. No justice, no peace. It probably derives from a quote that Martin Luther King gave on December the 14th, 1967. When in reference to the Vietnam War protest, he made this statement, there can be no justice without peace and there can be no peace without justice. And he was so right. That's a social truth that we all understand. You can't have peace and there be injustice everywhere. And you can't have injustice everywhere and there be any kind of peace. But in my reading in preparing for this sermon, I ran, read a, ran across a, a cliche. And, and you might need to write it down to really get, grasp the, the power of it. Because the statement says, 
no, N-O, you, you, we got to go to English here for just a minute. You know, there's two kind of no's, like N-O is what you say to the baby who's about to step out in the street, no, that no. And then there's the other kind of K-N-O-W, no, you know that no, like I know who you are, I know something. The first quote says, no, N-O, God, no, N-O, peace. No God, no peace. The second quote says, K-N-O-W, no God, and you know peace. And that is the dealing that you and I have today. I, I've been reading, as I mentioned, the, the book of Will of God. I, I am so excited about the fact that I am trusting God to, to pour out his spirit in the 12-week study that we're going to begin on February the 9th in this church. And I am begging you to come and be a part of it. I am begging you to give God 12 Sunday afternoons. I believe he deserves it. I believe he's earned it. I believe he can change our church. I believe if you want to see God pour his spirit out in a powerful way, you need to find yourself committed to 12 weeks at this church beginning February the 9th and going until we're ending right around May to study and to prayerfully contemplate the will of God. George Blackaby is the author of the book I'm reading by that title, The Will of God. He makes a very obvious observation and I'm going to just lay it out for you quite simply. And it goes right back to the heart of the fact that sin is a problem where peace can be destroyed. You want it? One sentence? I'll give it to you. You can have it. It's so simple. And it's so hard. Are you ready for the obvious? You can't follow your will and follow the will of God. You can't follow your will and God's will. You say, well, they're probably a lot alike. You're fooling yourself. I'm fooling myself if I believe that. Sometimes we just want to coast on what God has already done in our past. Let me ask it this way. When's the last time you really heard from God? God so impressed upon you what he needed you, wanted you, had for you to do that you became keenly aware. He gave an example in John chapter 11, the death of Lazarus, and I'll, I'll just give it to you very quickly. You remember that story, if you go read it, it's that transitioning point in John's gospel from the life of Jesus to the, from 12 forward is just the last few days of his life in, in John's gospel. But Lazarus is sick. And they call for Jesus to come. And Jesus delays four days. And Lazarus dies. And when he comes, and they tell him that, that Lazarus is dead, Mary and Martha obviously in their grief are disappointed that Jesus hadn't come earlier. Because they wanted a healing. 
Maybe today you think you just need a little healing. Maybe you've come today for a spiritual Tylenol. <laughs> Maybe you've come today for God just to put a little spiritual ice pack on a sore spot. But you really don't want the great physician to examine all of us in every way. They just wanted a healing. But Jesus came to bring a resurrection. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? You just missed a good opportunity to say amen. How many of us need a resurrection? How many of us need a resurrection today? How many of us need power that's so much more than a spiritual Tylenol? How many of us need God's spirit to kindle itself back up in us in such a powerful way that it is transforming and it changes everything? It changes this Christmas. It changes everything. Martha and Mary wanted a healing. And Jesus brought resurrection. Deal with your sin. And there's peace. Secondly, there's peace of spirit. Jesus said in John chapter 14, But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all the things and bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. And then he says this, Jesus said, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Once you have peace from sin, you'll find the peace in the power of the Holy Spirit of God. And when you find the peace and the power of the Holy Spirit of God, it will begin to transform everything in you. There's a great story that I read about. Long ago, a man sought to find the perfect picture of peace. And so he wasn't satisfied, and so he contacted all the masters of his day and said he was going to do a contest of who could paint in an artist's imagination, a painting that would depict peace. And they came from all over. And judges began to uncover one peaceful scene after another. And the viewers would all clap and say, oh yes, that's good. It's hard to believe anybody could be, do better than that. Until finally they came to the last two pictures. And the first was... And these were the, these were one was going to win, the other was a runner-up, and the runner-up was a mirror smooth lake reflected with green birches and and soft blush and evening sky along a grassy shore. A flock of sheep grazed undisturbed, and everybody thought, surely this should have been the winner. But then the picture that won was unveiled. And it was a tumultuous waterfall cascading down a rocky precipice. And the crowd could almost feel the cold and penetrating gray. There were storm gray clouds threatening to immediately explode with lightning and wind and rain depicted in this painting. And in the midst of the thundering noise and the bitter chill, a spinely tree clung to one of the rocks on the edge of the falls and on one of its branches reached out in front of the torrential waters that were falling all around it. A little bird had built a nest in the elbow of a branch 
on that tree. Content and undisturbed in her stormy surroundings, she rested on her nest. Her eyes closed, her wings ready to cover her little ones. She manifested peace that transcended all the earthly turmoil. That's the peace of the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to tell you that peace is going to take away and change every news story. Nobody's going to, I, I promise you, and I hate to do what I'm about to do, but I've lived here for 15 years, and every time I listen to the news, there's going to be somebody to die in Durham in a shooting this week. It hasn't missed a week since I've been here. I'm not going to tell you that doctors aren't going to still walk into rooms and say, I've got bad news. I'm not going to tell you that there's not going to be the rattling of sabers and wars and rumors of war as long as there's life. But I'm going to stand here and tell you there's a prince of peace. There's a prince of peace. There's a power that transcends. And in the midst of all the turmoil, we can close our eyes and rest in his peace. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. Finally, this morning, there's eternal peace. Jesus says again, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they know me and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life. And they'll never perish. And no one will snatch them out of my hands. My Father who gave them to me is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of my hands. Isaiah tells us just three chapters later of Isaiah 9 in, or in chapter 11, two chapters later. The wolf shall dwell with the lamb. And the leopard shall lie down with the young goat. And the calf and the lion and the fatted calf together. And the little child shall lead them. And the cow and the bear shall graze. Their young shall lie down together. And the lion shall eat straw like the ox. And the nursing child shall play over the hole of a cobra. And the weaned child shall put his hand in the adder's den. And they shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain. For the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord. And the waters cover the sea. In that day, the root of Jesse, who shall stand as a signal for the peoples, of him shall the nations inquire, and his resting place shall be glorious. The root of Jesse, that's Jesus. Standing as a signal to the people of his peace. Paul, when he concludes his RAR, when he's in his writings to both the church at Thessalonica and to the church at Philippi, he says these words, Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace, always, in every way. The Lord be with you all. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Let your requests be, be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds. Through Christ Jesus. Do you need peace today? Where? Remember we asked that? Home? Community? 
in your own heart. Confess your sins before God. Confess your sins. Say, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Recognize the power of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, and allow the eternal God of peace to grant you his power. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Would you pray with me? Our Lord and our God, we come before you grateful for your grace, for your mercy, for your love, for your joy, for your hope, for your peace. There's someone here today, Lord, that could be be that spark to get a fire going could be that anchor point upon which history could be changed. Could go home as a new family member. If they would confess today, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. Oh, Lord, don't let the world lie to us and tell us sin doesn't matter. Neither let the devil lie to us and tell us that our sin's too bad, that God can't forgive it. But indeed, let us believe what you have told us, that whosoever will may come. Let us believe that you will remove the sin as far as the east is from the west for those of us who are willing to confess. And remind us that if we will confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord, we shall be saved. Oh, Lord, you know the need of every life. You know the need for peace in every heart. And you are the Prince of Peace. And you have the power to bring that peace and to bring it eternally. Heavenly Father, May we now decide to allow you, the Prince of Peace, to be the Lord of our life, that we may rest in peace. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Our hymn of decision is page 102. This morning, if you need to come forward and make a decision, our altar is open. What better day than on the the Sunday before Christmas? to come to this altar, to confess, to profess your faith, whatever God may lead you to do. But may each of us, before we leave this place, offer this prayer, Lord, not my will, thy will be done. Not my will, thy will be done. Not my will, thy will. As we stand together and sing.
morning. At Flat Springs, we have five staff members, Gary, our senior pastor, Taylor, our associate pastor, Jimmy, our minister of music, Kathy, our church secretary, and Tim, our custodian. On behalf of the church, I would like to wish each one of them a Merry Christmas and present to them the gifts that you contributed to them. Um, Tim will get his check when he comes to work tomorrow, but if the other four of you will join me real quick. And on behalf of the staff, we wish you a Merry Christmas and we thank you. Tuesday night, 6 o'clock, be here. Uh, we, we've been averaging about 100. It's a wonderful candlelight service. It's a powerful time when we lit those candles singing Silent Night. Hope you'll come and be a part of that, make that a family tradition. Remember, if you haven't picked up your cards, we'd ask you to do that. And if you need to get your poinsettia before Christmas Eve, please take them out of the atrium. And now as we leave this place, may we do so in God's peace and in his power and in his abiding presence that we might be his people in the midst of all his people. Would you pray with me? Lord, I'm just going to keep praying that one day this altar is going to fill up with folks coming before you saying, God, do something new at Flat Springs. God, do something new in my heart. Do something new in my life. And maybe, maybe somebody, Lord, prayed that today where they sat. And Lord, I just pray you honor that prayer. Forgive us of our sin. Don't allow our lifestyle, our decisions, our habits, our attitudes to interfere with your will for our life. Let us indeed say, Lord, that we've come to take up our cross and to be crucified to ourself to live for you. Oh God, we're so grateful for what we're going to celebrate this Wednesday that you interrupted history to deal with our sin problem, to send your Son, our Savior, that he would die for our sin. And Lord, as we celebrate with the story of shepherds and wise men and a, a faithful young woman and young man in a tumultuous time, that, Lord, we might hear your voice afresh for our tumultuous time and that we might cry out, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill toward men. Hear our prayer. We have worshipped you today. Now let us live out of the strength of that worship and the strength of your Holy Spirit. In Christ's name we pray, amen.